Hey, it's Pat. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. In case you're not familiar with me, I've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, author of the book Save Your Retirement, and host of the Save Your Retirement radio show. Our goal with this show is to provide you with valuable and timely information to help you plan your retirement, or if you're already retired, help you make the most of it. Ultimately, we want to help you use your money to accomplish your goals and dreams and to help you avoid any stress and fear with your finances and instead replace those with confidence and peace of mind. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. Also, if you'd like to give us a great rating, it would mean so much to us and it helps get the word out so we can share this valuable information with others. Thank you so much. And now here's this week's episode. This radio show is a paid placement. You've read his books. You see him on television. You follow him on social media. And you can listen to him talk about life and retirement right here, right now. He is Pat Struby, and this is Save Your Retirement, presented by Preservation Specialists. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. You probably heard that one from your parents when you were a kid, and it's probably something you've told your own kids and grandkids. So, how do we keep from counting our chickens before they hatch from our nest egg? You're about to find out. Thanks for joining us today. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And Pat, I know we have a ton we want to get to today. Yes. But first, we're going to do a little blast from the past. I'm going to take you back. Okay to 1986 right now. Okay. Yes, it was just about this time in 1986 when Bon Jovi released their third studio album, which featured one of the greatest songs of all time, Mm. Living on a Prayer. 1986. My gosh, can you believe that? I mean, that's kind of in my range, Jen. You know, I, I was born in 74, and in my, I'm pretty good at 80s and 90s music because that's when I was growing up. And I would have thought that was like closer to the 90s, yeah. you know, kind of, but it was, that was a hair band. That was an 80s hair band, Close-ish no doubt. Close-ish so, to the 90s. Like you yeah. said, great, great song. Great song and almost 40 years old, which is, which is mm. kind of hard to believe, but. Uh, that yeah. was mean of you to say. I know, it was mean, but I said it, and we'll just move on. But just always fun to take a look at some of the things that have been happening uh, around this time uh, back in the day. So that was our little This Week in History. Um, before we get into our topic today, the other thing, Pat, that I want to make sure that we mention for our listeners, you have a new feature on your website that we're pretty excited about. Yes, Jen, uh, I am super excited about this. Uh, So we have at the uh, scpreservation.com website, if you click on the radio tab, we have a button and uh, it'll record if you want to ask a question. Um, You know, we aren't allowed to do live Q&As, you know, where people call in or anything like that. Uh, But this is a way we've had a lot of people say, hey, I'd love to ask a question for the radio show or send one in. And I know we've done, you know, segments where people have, have sent in uh, things, but this one, if you're a listener to the show, you can literally go to that tab and click the button and you can submit a question to us. And so, uh, what we'd love uh, for you to do is however many questions you have, you know, go ahead and submit those. And then, what we'd like to do uh, at some point in the near future is do a segment or do a show, and uh, it'll be listener questions. So, you'll get to literally ask exactly what you want to ask. And it's just the, one of those cool things about modern technology. I was actually listening to a podcast. Sadly, Jen, it was probably about a year ago, and I heard about this, and I saw the the little app that did it, and I started looking into it, and then, you know, went to the web team and, you know, this and that and, you know, compliance. And so anyway, here we are. Yeah. It, it shouldn't have taken this long, but I am really, really excited about this, and I, I hope uh, you, the listener, are excited as well, and you have the opportunity to ask your questions of yeah. us. Very cool. So again, find that feature, go to scpreservation.com. And then like Pat said, if you click on the radio tab and you scroll down, you'll see right there in big letters, do you have a question? There's an orange button where you can record that question. Really cool feature. And we look forward to some of those questions that we get from that. So again, scpreservation.com on the radio tab is where you can find that. Now let's get to our lesson that we want to share here 
on the show today. Um, I'm sure you heard it and you've maybe said it to your girls. Don't count your chickens before they hatch, right? And the the lesson here is we don't want to be making assumptions and, and counting on things that haven't fully come to fruition. This applies to our retirement income in a couple ways. One of them, I think, is Social Security. Pat, there's a cost of living adjustment made each year, and we're seeing estimates now it could be as much as 9.5% for an increase in Social Security payments next year. But let's not count those chickens before they hatch. We don't want to assume that's the increase that we'll see next year, right? <laughs> that's right. By the way, Jen, I, th- I think the idea behind the saying, don't count your chickens before they hatch, you know, I like to think of myself as kind of an optimist, but the older we get and the more mm. experiences you have in life and the more times you get disappointed. Is, isn't yeah. that what that saying is all about, right? So. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and so that's very much what we're talking about here when you think of with Social Security, inflation is raging right now. And so uh, we certainly would think that um, Social Security payments will be higher uh, when they're adjusted uh, the next time. But the two things to always remember is, of course, there is time uh, for uh, them to collect more information on inflation. Um, so if that does cool off a little bit, that might affect that change for Social Security. The bigger thing, though, is anyone who's had Social Security for more than a couple of years knows this. Generally speaking, if, if your Social Security increases because of inflation, your premiums on your Medicare costs will probably do the same. And so it ends up gobbling up the difference for, mm-hmm. for most people anyway. And anytime you mention to an existing retiree Social Security increasing, I usually get an eye roll because most yeah. people are just used to it disappearing before it even gets into their pockets. <laughs> right, right. Which is uh, such a, a, a painful but just part of reality, I guess. And the other area where, and this is where I think we should really spend some time here today, Pat, where I think this lesson comes into play is how your retirement income will be taxed. Because we don't want to look at those account balances and say, well, this is the amount we get to spend in retirement. This is what I build my budget around. Talk about the impact taxes can have on our retirement. And again, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Don't be spending those dollars without factoring in taxes. Yeah, and I think of this, uh, you know, my, my older kids are in their early 20s now, so they're a ways away from when they, you know, you get your first job at the movie theater or, you know, that subway or something like that. But don't we all have that moment where we get our first paycheck and you think it's going to be for the exact, you know, the <laughs> out, the hourly rate times the number of hours you worked and then the famous line of who's this FICA guy and why is he taking my money, you know? <laughs> right. But uh, so we all have, we all, uh, you know, count our chickens too quickly. Uh, but certainly in retirement, it's no different. The big thing that we always talk about is is one of the sayings that, that I like is that it's almost like there's two different tax codes in America. There's a tax code for when you're working and then when you retire, that stops and you've retired from that tax code and now you're in a completely different tax code. It's for retirees. And it's not necessarily always worse, but it is very different and it's very complicated. Um, so one example of that would be that a lot of times uh, before people start really digging into retirement planning, they have no idea that um, their social security benefits are probably going to be taxed. So that's one example mm-hmm. of, of how that's affected. Another one is um, when you reach uh, right now, the rule is age 72, you have a required amount you have to take out of your 401k and IRA. And prior to getting closer to retirement, a lot of people have never heard of that. And so that's going to affect your taxes in retirement. And of course, we've done entire shows on you know taxes in retirement. So there's a lot of different reasons that that's important. But absolutely, you don't, you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch when it comes to how much income is left after the tax man gets their piece right. in retirement. So let's talk a little bit about how we figure that out. The different sources of income that we'll have in retirement. I know you mentioned things like Social Security. How do you go through and analyze that with somebody so they have a better handle on how their income will be taxed in retirement? And then is there anything we can do about it? Yeah. So the the thing about uh, taxation in retirement is it's really incredibly complicated because of the layers that are involved. And so you have um, some things that are taxed in what I would say is a quote unquote normal way that we're used to, uh, which would be if you're working part time, of course, that income is going to be taxed, you know, just like you've always been taxed during your career. If you're withdrawing money from an IRA or 401k, that's going to be taxed just regular income. Uh, If you have a pension and you're drawing a monthly income, generally for most people, that's going to be taxed, of course, in the same way. But then other things are completely different. So uh, take Social Security, for example. Social Security cannot be 
every dollar of your social security cannot be taxed. The mm -hmm. maximum is 85% of it. Um, but for most people, something is going to be taxed. And um, there's actually an entirely different tax formula to decide oh, how much of gosh. your social security is going to be taxed. And uh, I've done classes at a local college and we would spend, you know, three hours in a class, which I'm sure, Jen, you can imagine how wonderful <laughs> that would be for the attendees. Uh, but this is these are people that are really serious about yeah. getting ready for retirement. And I would mention it sometimes. And I'd say, oh, do you want to see how that works? And I'd start drawing it on the dry erase board. I'm thinking this is like a whole hour class by itself. It's just crazy when yeah. you think of that. And then you still have things like, well, what if you have like a, a, a regular investment account, like a brokerage account or a mutual fund account, mm -hmm. and you know, you want to draw income off of that in retirement? Well, the capital gains and dividends on that are going to be totally different because of if you're drawing money off of those and selling things to create that income. So each of those things works differently with the tax code, and they all look different when you're retired than when you're working. And so those are the kinds of things that I think are really uh, challenging for someone who hasn't kind of gotten really uh, involved in, in you know, thinking through all, all the ins and outs of their retirement. And, that, and those are the types of things we want to make sure people are aware of. Right. And, and we just want to make sure that we're aware of the fact that we do have a limited window to act on this. Because, Pat, today's, when we're talking about taxes and how that income is taxed in retirement, today's federal income tax rates could be the lowest that you'll see for the rest of your life. They went down in 2017 with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, but those expire in 2026. So at this point, it is not a matter of if, but it's when taxes will go up. And we know things are going to change, right, Pat? That's absolutely right, Jen. And you don't want to assume you won't be impacted by the government's proposed tax increases because you're not a big corporation or you're not, quote unquote, wealthy enough. Mm -hmm. I bet just about everyone listening has a few areas where they can be a little more tax efficient with their retirement money. We want to help you understand the potential impact taxes can have on your retirement savings, help you learn about ways to reduce or possibly eliminate taxes in retirement, and create an income strategy so your retirement income lasts as long as you need it to last. If you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement, call 803-9-RETIRE, and we can help you go over your retirement accounts and uncover what possible tax liabilities are in the future. We'll also talk about some of the strategies that can help you reduce your taxes down the road. It can mean tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars back in your pocket to spend the way you want to spend it in retirement. There's no cost and there's no obligation. Call now, 803-9-RETIRE. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Just remember, there is a short window of opportunity to take action to keep taxes from taking too much of a bite out of your savings. This could mean tens of thousands of dollars back in your pocket. That number one more time is 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back. Hi, this is John Farley. For the past 12 years, you've seen me on TV. But before becoming a meteorologist, my first degree was actually in finance. My parents, like a lot of people, didn't know much about the financial world. As a result, they got exploited by some not-so-honest folks. That's why finance has always been a passion of mine, and for the last six years I've been working with a team at Preservation Specialists to help people just like you plan for your retirement. What I love about Preservation Specialists is that we are locally owned and fiercely independent. That means we simply work for you. If that's what you want in a financial advisor, then give us a call now at 803-9-RETIRE. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Don't make the same mistakes my parents did. Work with an advisor who can help get you to and through retirement successfully. 803-9-RETIRE. Firm offers insurance services. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Capital, Inc. To schedule a visit for your own customized five-step retirement review, call right now, 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. As we get back into it, if you hear something you'd like to get some answers on, 803-9-RETIRE is the number to call. The other place for you to go, scpreservation.com. If you click on the radio tab, you can leave your questions right there on the website. Uh, so again, scpreservation.com. Click on the radio tab and find that do you have a question button to record your question to Pat. Um, Pat, we have a really important topic that we want to talk about here in this part of the show. 
there is no way to truly prepare for something as devastating as the death of a spouse. And Mm. it's important for you to realize that you probably will not be capable of making solid financial decisions in your grief. It's just you're going to be so inundated with your emotions. And that's why we want to spend some time today talking about the steps you should take if this happens to you. And then what you can do, how you can make sure that you and your spouse are on the same page with your finances. And I'm sure, Pat, in your several decades in this industry, Uh, you've probably seen some of these situations where people are scrambling to react because they didn't talk some of these things through ahead of time. Yeah, that's absolutely true, Jen. And and of course, it's I haven't personally lost a spouse before. I can only imagine it has to be one of the most traumatic things that could ever happen in your life. I think after 25 years of experience and most of that working with retirees, so I've unfortunately been through that process a number of times. I think I've seen it so many times now. I at least have a little better understanding of it. And uh, it's, of course, incredibly devastating. But in addition to that, when you stack financial stress on top of it, I mean, that can be truly overwhelming. And and I think we've had uh, many people call us, you know, when their spouse has passed and they're just at a loss, you know, yeah. they, they don't even know where to start. And, um, you know, one, one simple example that I often provide, Jen, is uh, sometimes I think, you know, of course we all deal with grief differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes people think like, I have to call my financial planner like today because we have to change everything over. Mm-hmm. And, and the mm-hmm. one thing we always teach everyone in our office to say is there's nothing from our office that you have to deal with right now. like. Yeah. Spend time with your family, you know, grieve the loss of your spouse and let us know when you're ready. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of just the very basic starting point for someone that is a client of ours. Right, right. And the thing is, um, and I I haven't lost a a spouse either. I I did experience a little bit about some of the immediate things that happened when my mom passed away Mm -hmm. and watching my dad go through it. And so we will get into this here a little bit. And that is there are some things that we do just have to take care of right away as far as some notifications of things. Um, yes. Maybe not in the instant where, where something happens, but there are some things that need to happen a little bit quicker. And then there are some other things that we can kind of hold off on. So we'll get into that here in just a second. There's another reality that I want to just point out here as we start to get into this, and that is the fact that the World Health Organization says women tend to live between six and eight years longer than men on average. So not every time, because in my family, my mom died first. But most of the time, in a lot of cases, it's wives outliving their husbands. That's another reality that we need to come to terms with, Pat. If maybe the wife has taken a backseat to some of the financial planning, um, how do you help them understand the reality that most of the time it will be the wife outliving her husband when we're talking about the financial plan? Yeah. In fact, Jen, in addition to that statistic uh, about women tending to live six to eight years longer than men, the one where this really hit home for me is is a statistic that's been verified that 80% of men die while they're still married and 80% of women die single. And that that's a really stark reality to me uh, when you think about, you know, how that affects most families. And what has worked uh, in our office is when we're going through, you know, anytime, you know, we talk about building a custom built retirement plan for our clients. And when we're doing that, we have to, of course, start off with what are your goals? What are your priorities? What do you want to accomplish? And you know, most of our clients are not yet retired. That's why they're hiring us to help them get to and through Mm -hmm. retirement. So for most people, the biggest priorities are how do I figure out when I can retire? How do I make sure I don't have to run out of money and go back to work? You know, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. And leaving a big pile of money to kids or grandkids is usually pretty low on the list. And that's what what most of us think of when we think of a term like estate planning. So I'm finally coming back and answering your question, Jen. But what I mean by that is when I'm working with a married couple, I express to them that the the first step of estate planning is to protect your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a light bulb moment a lot of the times, uh, because a lot of times in, in families, you have one person that's the primary person handling investments and things like that, and one person who's either a secondary or just really isn't interested. And that can be a dangerous position if the husband passes away and was handling the finances. Now you have a grieving wife who is, you know, scared to tears that she doesn't understand, you know, where the money is right. coming from or anything like that. So I think those are really important and valuable things to discuss early in the process. 
let's take a step here, Pat, for people who perhaps they they don't have a financial professional, they're not working with someone here at the moment. What are some of the things someone like that needs to do? Maybe they, they don't have a, a Pat Struby in their life that they can call right away. Yeah. What are some people that they need to notify upon the death of a spouse from a financial perspective? Yeah, if you uh, if you lose a spouse, uh, of course, uh, you know you have an incredible amount of emotion uh, and pain to deal with. It's also a time when you realize just how complicated being a grown up is because mm. there's so many yeah. different things you have yeah. to deal with, you know? So, you know, some of the things on our laundry list is you'd want to call, if you have an attorney, you'd want to call them, you know, especially if they put together any legal documents for you, like a will. Right. And tied to that is you'd want to locate your spouse's, you know, estate documents at that time. Um, you'd want to contact anyone involved with anything that could be an income stream for your spouse or like a death benefit. So that would be Social Security Administration, that would be their employer or former employers, and then if they had served in the military, that would be the Veterans Administration. Those are, to me, the things that I would say would be the first and foremost that would probably need to be done, you know, within uh, ideally, you know, a few weeks, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, and then you move on to all the other things you think about. What is my spouse? What is their name involved with? It could be utilities. It could be savings, investments, you know, property. And that just goes on and on and on. And so, and I think, Jen, that's the reason, you know, so many people hire us is they want that in order for themselves. But if you're married, a lot of times they want to make sure their spouse is protected as well. So if you don't have someone or if you're not sure you have a plan that's ready for those types of things, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. We offer to our listeners what we call a five-step retirement review, uh, which is an opportunity to see where you're at and see if that you have those things in order. And there's absolutely no cost and no obligation. To take advantage of that offer, all you have to do is call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE as we're talking a little bit about some of the things, some of the steps you need to take if something happens to your spouse. There are a lot of uh, different people you need to notify on the financial front. And there are some things, Pat, that we'll want to act rather quickly on, not others though. And, and I will say this again, in, in my experience, with being there with my dad after my mom passed away the funeral director will help you with some of these things as far mm. as like figuring out how many death certificates you're going yeah. to need they go through that kind of checklist for you so that's helpful um, because it's kind of a hard thing the last thing you're thinking about is oh yay filling out paperwork with the state to get a death certificate mm. but they they will help you with that and Pat I think there's also a need to let the Social Security Administration the IRS let them know because there's an opportunity for fraud there if they're mm. not aware that someone has passed away. So so there's a little bit of urgency for those things, but not with everything, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, let's say you have an, an investment account with a company and you're not taking any money out of it or anything. It's just there. Well, that's not something you want to leave sit for a year or two, <laughs> certainly. Right, right. But it's not something, you know, we have, we have people that call us the day their spouse passes and, um, you know, it's good that they they have this responsibility, you mm -hmm. know, feeling, but that does not need to happen in the first week, certainly anything right. like that. And so it, it really is, like you say, you know, handling Social Security and the IRS and anything where you're getting monthly income, you know, on a regular basis. Those are things that are, you probably want to be quick on. But yes, so many of the other things, they can wait until you have some time mm -hmm. to kind of digest and kind of go through the grieving process. Is there any typical advice that you give as far as a time period to make big decisions on uh, maybe a big investment or, or a financial gift or anything along in, in someone's memory, for example? Is there a kind of a cooling off period that you typically recommend after someone has passed away? I think that's a really, really good question. And I don't think there is one because everyone grieves so differently, Jen. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I have had people who I've said, hey, let's take a break. And, and they've said, you know what, this is actually causing me a lot of anxiety to let it sit. I'd rather meet more quickly. Mm -hmm. Now, that's simple stuff. Often, like, you know, just changing the titling on accounts. It's not making huge decisions on, like, shifting your investment accounts around or something like that. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, I think everyone needs to know, you know, themselves. And then also, you know, if you have close family members, if you have adult children, that can be involved. I think that's maybe back to your point, Jen, of not making foolish decisions or 
it could go as far as fraud, but a lot of times there's not fraud. It's just a situation of, you know, someone giving bad advice or, you know, trying to earn a commission or something like that. So I, I think anytime you have some some family that you trust that can be involved in helping you in those situations, I think that's good as well. And once again, if you don't have someone that you trust, a financial professional to talk to in times like that, give us a call at 803-9-RETIRE. We offer you a retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. That number again, 803-9-RETIRE. So we've talked a little bit about how you need to notify the IRS after your spouse passes away. So what does happen with things like your taxes and Social Security when your spouse dies? We'll walk you through those changes here in just a moment. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back. You've heard Pat on radio. Now you can see him on television. Tune in Sunday mornings during the 7 o'clock news on WIS-TV, Columbia's NBC Channel 10. Have a question for Pat? Here's an easy new way to ask. Click on the radio tab at scpreservation.com and record your question directly on the website. That's scpreservation.com and click on radio. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is also the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. You can learn a little bit more by checking out the website scpreservation.com. You can also leave your questions for Pat. Go to the radio tab on that website and you'll find a way to record your questions to Pat, scpreservation.com. So today we've been talking a little bit about what to do with your finances after your spouse passes away. And Pat, we covered some of the initial like immediate things that need to be taken care of. But again, the reality is, we talked about this earlier, the statistics tell us that women statistically outlive men by about six years or so. It's unlikely that both members of a couple will pass away at the same time. So what kinds of things do we need to think about to help make sure that the surviving spouse will have enough to live on? Yeah, if you uh, if you are married and your and your spouse passes away, and we're thinking about things like social security and pensions, you know, first of all, with social security, this is one of those interesting ones, Jen, where some people have maybe studied it a little bit, and so they know some of the ins and outs, and and some people are really quite surprised by this. But for most people in most situations, let's say you're both retired and you're both receiving social security, if your spouse passes away, generally speaking, most of the time, the surviving spouse is going to receive the higher of the two social security payments and lose the smaller Mm. of the two. Now, a lot of times people find that surprising, and some people are frustrated that they're losing one, but a lot of people are shocked and thrilled to know that that the surviving spouse gets the higher of the two. Yeah. Yeah, So it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, You know, in uh, couples that maybe had similar earnings histories, then you might be losing half of your income. Whereas if uh, one of the spouses stayed home with kids or something like that, their benefit may be substantially lower than the other. So it may be a much smaller difference. So that's an interesting thing that needs to be considered in your household. And of course, the challenge there is, let's say, your social security benefits are dropping in half. In most cases, if you are a married couple and one person passes away, your expenses are, are being reduced, but not anywhere close to 50%, right? Mm-hmm. Because you right. still have all of your utilities are, aren't going to change, you know, maybe the food costs and things like that. So that's one thing to think about. Now, if you have a pension, there could be a wild difference there. So a pension could have a 100% continuation to a spouse or it could stop. Um, so that's going to go depend on uh, what was chosen when the pension was started. Um, so if you or your spouse have a pension and you're not absolutely sure what the spousal option is or what the spousal benefit is, that is one of those things we would definitely uh, encourage you to give them a call and check that out. And what we're talking about, Jen, is kind of a survivor income ratio. So take a the example. Let's say let's say a married couple has five thousand dollars a month coming in, and let's say the husband passes away. What we want to do, and this is part of our planning uh, as far as estate planning for the spouses, what is that baseline? What's that income going to change to? Uh, and maybe Social Security reduces, and maybe they have a partial benefit on their pension. And now, if he passes away, her income drops from five thousand a month to three thousand a month. 
so that's you know that's an example we just need to know what what our starting point is maybe they have a nest egg where they can pull the difference off of there that she needs but that's all about having a plan for your spouse uh, if they survive after you pass away so pat you were just telling us a little bit about what's going on with our income sources and how that might change when something happens Talk a little bit about the tax side as well, because um, as I'm not sure if people quite understand how their income taxes and how their taxes in general might change when something happens to one of them. Yeah, so um, this is actually one of those sneaky situations in finances that can be really tough for people, um, Jen. Uh, when you think of your income taxes in retirement, and then what happens if one of the spouses passes away? Of course, most of us file um, married jointly with the IRS if we're married. And then, of course, if we're not married, then we're filing single. Those tax brackets are very different. And so what we see, what can often happen, Jen, is you might have a married couple and maybe they fit into the 12% income tax bracket in retirement. Uh, but then if a spouse passes away, because of the way the tax brackets reduce so much, that might pop that widow into a 22% mm. bracket. Wow. Uh, and that's one of those things most people don't really think about, you know, and so that's we really have found that as we run scenarios through our retirement uh, projection software. It's an example of how we always talk about uh, we want to be proactive with your tax planning in retirement. We want to help you take control of your taxes in retirement. And the reason is I can't imagine a, a married couple where they're thinking, oh, I really don't care what type of tax problems that my, my spouse has after I'm gone. I mean, I, I can't imagine that happening. And yet it happens every day uh, because of the, the way the tax brackets work. So what we want to be thoughtful about is, you know, if you have money, it's tax deferred, like IRAs and 401ks, we want to be thoughtful about what tax bracket they're going to put you in in retirement, assuming you both live, but probably a good idea to look at, well, what happens if one of you passes away and now those brackets have changed? Maybe after thinking about that, you might actually want to be a little more aggressive in your tax planning and making changes uh, in your situation. So it's one of those things that is very rarely talked about. But the last thing we want to do is uh, have a spouse pass away early in retirement and leave a huge tax problem for their surviving spouse. So it's just another example of, you know, when we're talking about a comprehensive retirement plan and a custom built retirement plan, those are pieces of it. We, you know, you're tying in your income, your taxes and your estate planning all together. We want all of those pieces fitting perfectly together to make sure that not only everything's going to work out fine for you, but also that you have the peace of mind knowing that it's there. If you don't have that kind of peace of mind about your retirement plan, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. We offer you a retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation as a listener of the show. Once again, just call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and I'm Jen Rizak alongside. Um, Pat, as we talk a little bit about things that could potentially be changing, what do we need to do to, to help make sure our spouse will be okay? Life insurance. Let's talk about that as a possible tool to help make sure our spouse and or loved ones will be okay. What do we need to know there? Yeah, so that's an interesting question, Jen, because you know we're, we spend so much of our time talking about income and taxes and investments on the show. Um, life insurance uh, can be a really important tool. It, of course, depends on where you're at in life. If you are young and married and have little kids and you have a big mortgage, um, it's probably a really smart idea to be looking at having some life insurance, especially because that's a time in your life when you probably don't have a lot saved for retirement. And you know, I always think of it kind of like a, a I don't know, Jen, do you prefer a seesaw or teeter top? <laughs> um, <laughs> gosh, I think teeter totter. Okay, so I, to me, they're I'm, I'm okay with either. So yeah. maybe we'll do a poll sometime. But if you think of a seesaw or a teeter-totter, one's higher, one's lower, most of us begin our adult life with debt, uh, like a mortgage, and very little in savings or investments. And then hopefully over time, you know, we're paying down the mortgage and that's dropping. And then, of course, you're putting money in your 401k or things like that, and your savings and investments are increasing as you get closer to retirement. So, Jen, one of the questions we get all the time with someone who might be 50 or 55 or 60 and hiring us, they might say, do I even need this life insurance anymore? And it's a very smart question to be asking because maybe at that point you don't need it. But uh, let's say you have life insurance, it still can have a number of potential benefits, even in retirement. So let's say uh, your spouse passes away and they have life insurance. The critical things about life insurance that can be so helpful is, first of all, it is immediate. Generally speaking, you contact the life insurance company, you provide them with a certified death certificate, there's going to be a lump sum of money that's available to you almost immediately. That is certainly not the case with most savings and investments accounts. 
The second thing is, generally speaking, life insurance proceeds are tax-free. Um, so now you have a lump sum of money that's immediately available and you have no tax issues with. That's a pretty big deal. The third thing I'll add is most life insurance companies now will actually kind of default that into a, some type of savings account. And generally, they pay a pretty pretty darn good interest rate. So that can be beneficial as well. But a lot of times, uh, Jen, what we have clients looking at is when they're trying to make sure their spouse is going to be okay, we're trying to figure out how much income would be left over. And then they might be thinking, well, in addition to that, then there'll be this lump sum of life insurance that could affect, you know, paying off the mortgage, or it could affect, you know, being able to invest some of that money and generating income. So it depends on, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, but there's a number of different ways it could be used. Pat, one last question as far as possible changes here that we need to consider. Is there a time when maybe our investment approach would change after the the loss of a spouse, or is that something that's going to, to stay relatively the same? Yeah, if you lose a spouse, your investment situation, um, that is definitely going to be very different for each family. Um, it could be we just continue on with what we were doing, or your needs might be totally different. Uh, maybe we had a certain amount of income we needed to generate, and now we need to generate a lot more. So that could change. Uh, as we were just talking about a moment ago, um, maybe, for example, you don't have a big nest egg now, uh, but there was a large life insurance policy, and now you have a much larger nest egg um, that needs to be invested. So that can absolutely change from person to person. You mentioned earlier earlier in the show, Jen, something uh, very smart, which is you're probably not going to want to make enormous you know, investment decisions within a few weeks of a spouse passing away. Mm-hmm. So there should be some type of period of time where you allow the grieving process to happen. But you know, certainly within a few months, it might be time to you know, kind of seriously look at those things and make sure you're prepared for the future. Right, right. An important conversation to have. The biggest question in general for so many people is how much do I need to save to retire? But for a lot of people, it's followed closely by will my loved ones, will my spouse be okay if something happens to me? And of course, Pat, there's so many factors that make that a very difficult question to answer when you think about things like inflation and volatility and and higher taxes. It's really tough to answer that question, will will my spouse be okay if something happens to me? That's absolutely right. And, you know, after working for so many years and saving what you can while taking care of your family and your bills, it's a very stressful time as you're trying to see if you've done enough, if you've saved enough, if you've made the right decisions so your spouse will be okay. We can help you find answers to your questions and create an income strategy that can help you protect what you've saved. If you're listening right now and you don't have an income plan for retirement, we would like to help you create a spending plan to figure out how much you'll need for the retirement you're dreaming about. Uncover the main risks posing a threat to your retirement, including inflation, tax increases, rising healthcare costs, and loss of income if something happens to you or your spouse, and learn about the options for generating income in retirement for as long as you and your spouse need it. There's no cost and no obligation, but it's just for listeners of the show today. Call 803-9-RETIRE for your retirement income analysis. The things we talk about, the strategies we use are designed to help you make sure the money won't run out no matter how long you live in retirement. We aren't doing this to make you rich. We want to help you make sure you don't end up outliving your money. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE. We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert Tim Hanbury. People ask me, should I stay on my employer's plan or go to Medicare at age 65? My answer is, it depends. Medicare is not a one-size-fits-all program. However, if you're going to stay on your employer's plan, here's what you need to know. If you work for a company with less than 20 employees, then you need to sign up for both Medicare Parts A and B because your employer's plan will consider you on Medicare at 65 and only pay the 20% that Medicare doesn't, even if you don't have it. Another one is if you contribute to a health savings account. You can continue to do this after 65, but don't sign up for any part of Medicare. If you sign up for Part A, like everybody tells you to do, then the IRS will disallow your contribution and tax you on it as income. And lastly, if you're going to retire at age 65, don't take COBRA coverage because Medicare doesn't consider this valid coverage. You'll be hit with late penalties and delays when you do sign up for Medicare. So please take some time to understand your Medicare options. Medicare, properly designed, will be the best insurance you ever had. Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation. You can schedule a free 15-minute phone consultation with the team at Preservation Specialists right now. 
call 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, author of the books, Save Your Retirement and the Retirement Secret. And I know you always love this segment, Pat, when we open up our mailbag and we answer some of those commonly asked retirement questions. I do want to point out another great way to leave your question with Pat. Check out the website, scpreservation.com. Click on the radio tab and you'll find a place to record your question. But Pat, today we're going to answer some of the commonly asked written retirement questions. I do love this segment. Yes, these are good ones. Uh, We've got a great collection here. First up, we have Dave from Lexington, who's only been retired a few years and is really worried about spending too much right now. He says it seems really irresponsible to go crazy with spending money, but also hates that he feels like he's wasting all of his free time and isn't getting to enjoy what he's saved. So Mm. what should he do? Wow. So Dave from Lexington, that's a really actually kind of a deep question. You know, I mean, we're, we're talking about being retired. We're talking about being responsible with money, but then why bother being retired if I'm not spending it, yeah, right? right? So it's like, how do you find that perfect balance? And of course, it's really hard <laughs> to find that. And, you know, one of the complications with that is most of us are going to have a tendency to veer towards one extreme or the other. And, you know, most people are going to be either live, you know, carpe diem, live for the now, and I'm not going to worry about retirement. And then you have people to the other extreme that are extremely frugal and are always concerned about, do I have enough for the future? And at Preservation Specialists, we absolutely would love to help everyone get as close to that middle ground as possible because we do not want you to be reckless. We don't want you to go broke in retirement. In fact, we always say that's our number one job is to make sure that never happens. But at the same time, we don't want you sitting around worrying about, do I have a a big enough pile of money? I mean, that's not what life is, is about. So, so how do we do that? The first step I would say is Dave, do you have a written retirement income plan? And that may sound silly, but that really actually lets you see based on, you know, a typical lifespan, or maybe we run it out a little bit longer to make absolutely sure you have enough. And we factor in inflation and we make some assumptions about what rate of return you're going to get on your money and what type of spending you're going to be doing. And then the really cool thing about that is we can actually put that on the screen and we can play with the numbers together and we can help you see, well, what if inflation goes up a little higher? What if the investments do worse? What if I want to spend a little more? What if I want to spend a little less? And you get to see all these things happen. And um, so we have we have many, many clients that get tremendous value out of not only having that plan, but also being able to update that throughout retirement. The other one that I'll, I'll throw out here, Jen, is there's been a, a number of interesting studies that have found that people that have a set income in retirement are generally happier and less worried. So the example that I would use there is, um, you know, have you done everything you can to make the most out of your social security benefits? Um, Do you have a pension that's going to pay you on a month by month basis? And then do you have any annuities that have a lifetime income guarantee? And there's a gentleman that that has studied a lot about um, retirement planning. Um, He's a professor, Professor Babel, and he's been written up on a lot of a lot of different areas and all kinds of theories about retirement. And at one point, uh, someone asked him online how he invested his nest egg, and he said he put most of it into annuities with lifetime income guarantees. And of course, anyone who is more aggressive or wants the money in the market is going to either poke fun at that or say what a poor decision that was. And his response to everyone was, "Let them tell me how foolish." I am. I'm just going to sleep comfortably. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just thought Mm -hmm. that was an interesting approach to take. Uh, It doesn't mean, you know, putting all your money in annuities is the right move for everyone or is a better choice. But for someone with this question that Dave has, having a little more coming in on a monthly basis that's that has some type of contractual guarantee as opposed to just this pile of money that you're supposed to draw off of, maybe it gives them that peace of mind to be able to spend a little more and have a little more fun in retirement. Hmm. All right. Appreciate the question there, Dave. And thank you, Pat, for your insights on that one. Let's move on to Bruce in Columbia, who wants to know the difference between 
maximizing your social security and optimizing your benefits because he has heard people talk about both. He's pro- he's maybe heard you talk about both, Pat. I bet Bruce has ta- heard bo- has us talk about it. I love this question. So the difference between maximizing your social security and optimizing your social security. And of course, I always like to go back to the reason I like to talk about this is I was at a retirement training and someone made that comment. And my immediate thought was, sounds like the same thing, right? right? And then he proceeded to explain the difference and it kind of it was a light bulb moment for me hmm. so maximizing your social security is what most people talk about when they're talking about your social security and i jen i always like to use the example of if you google when should i take my social security i know you and i have done it there's literally millions yeah. of hits that you, you get on google i think at one point it was 11 million so it's, it's probably lot. much more than that now and almost every one of those is going to talk about the fact that you can delay your social security and it can grow up until age 70 and a lot of those kind of generic you know, websites that are giving advice to the masses are going to say that's what you should do. Now, it is correct that you can defer your Social Security to age 70, and therefore you're maximizing it. However, is that what's best for you? Hmm. Well, if you come to our office and say, I want to make the most of my Social Security, but I want to retire at 62, well, okay, what are you going to do for eight years, right? Yeah. You're not going to eat, you know, just just starve. Right. Uh, so we have right. to figure out how that works for you. And so optimizing your Social Security says, okay, now we know how to maximize it. Now let's go back and look at your entire retirement plan. Let's create a written retirement income plan for you. And let's figure out what is the optimal way for you to take Social Security. And here's the fun part about that, which is it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there is no one optimal way to take Social Security. We've had people that want to retire early and we run the numbers and because of the way their income expenses works, it still makes sense to defer their Social Security. But we've actually had people that have come in and it actually makes more sense to claim their Social Security much earlier. It just has to do with, you know, the amount of assets they have, the amount of income they need to take. Maybe it depends on longevity in their family or maybe their health. Um, There's so many different factors that come into this. You know, one of the things we talk about, sometimes we have clients that are just really worried about the fact that our social security system is highly underfunded and they're concerned about what that's going to look like in 10 or 15 years. Well, you know, we can't predict the future, but that's something that's relevant to that discussion too. So we think there's a lot of different things there. And the one thing that we would encourage you to do is if someone has run a social security report for you and has just said it's higher when you're older, so therefore you should delay it, we think that's a little too simplistic. And so we would strongly encourage you to get a more comprehensive look at your retirement income before making that decision, if that's still possible. So if you're not sure if you've had a comprehensive look at your uh, retirement income, and you're not sure if you've had an analysis on what's the most optimal way to take Social Security, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. All of that's part of what we call retirement income analysis. And that is at absolutely no cost and no obligation for listeners of the show. Once again, call us now to get started at 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and I am Jen Rizak alongside. Uh, this is our mailbag segment. We are going through some of those commonly asked questions about retirement. Our next question comes from Kathy, who is from Columbia, who does not understand people who want to retire early. She says she is in her late 60s and just does not feel like doing nothing all the time. She is not interested. <laughs> in things like nonstop fishing trips or vacations. She says, this sounds lazy. So what kind of planning should someone like her be doing? Kathy, that's uh, it's an interesting question. I don't know if I've ever had anyone voice it that way. Uh, yeah. But I think, you know, the idea of just not wanting to retire, we've certainly worked with people like that. I would say somewhere in the middle of the road is really, really common. Uh, people that kind of want to either step out of the rat race, but still want to do mm-hmm. something. Right. Uh, and maybe they have the ability to do some part-time consulting. Or I've had clients that had really stressful jobs, and so they retire from there, and they, they take a job at somewhere like Home Depot to get health health insurance before they hit, you know, age 65, you know, different things sure. like that. So sure. there's all different ways we can do it. The one thing I would say to Kathy is it may be a little less stressful for her to do her, her retirement planning because she doesn't want to retire. But the one thing I would say is that retirement sometimes happens by choice, but sometimes it's not by choice. Sometimes mm-hmm. um, your your working situation changes and you can't make the income that you want to, or sometimes your health changes and you're not able to work at all. So in, in Kathy's scenario, I would say, we would want to do more contingency planning of making absolutely sure she has the financial freedom so that if she's not able to work any longer, 
she's still going to be okay. And so it's just a different approach in that case. Hopefully Kathy remains healthy for a long time and her working situation doesn't change and she can continue working and enjoying her work uh, and making money. But the last thing we'd want to do is have her assume that she could work the rest of her life and not save anything. And then of course have a problem where she now doesn't have mm -hmm. any kind of income to protect herself. So I, I think mm -hmm. th that would be just a different type of planning in that type of scenario. Yeah. All right. Good insights there. And, and great point, Pat, that sometimes there are people who really are not interested in that idea of the stereotypical retirement, but sometimes these things are forced upon us. So we want to make sure that we've thought it through. Uh, so great points there. Uh, let's do one more before we're out of time okay. today. Our last one is from Jerry and Chapin, who says they've been thinking for years about their dream retirement. They're ready to make it happen, and they have it narrowed down to a couple of communities. They've reached out to a realtor to help with the purchase. Is there anything they should double check before they pull the trigger on that dream retirement home? Want to make mm. it happen. Okay. Jerry and Chapin, that's a really good question. So kind of planning for their dream retirement, uh, kind of narrowing down to two different places to live in retirement. This is a great question because I would say, uh, Jen, you know, where you're going to live, of course, affects your retirement dramatically, not only sure. your lifestyle and, you know, what you want to be doing, but also the expenses, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, how expensive of a move you're going to make, are you owning or are you renting? Uh, so I think uh, the main thing that I would just mention to Jerry in that decision is I would certainly want to know how it affects the retirement income plan. What's going to happen? You know, are you do you own your home now? Are you selling that and then buying another? You know, are you going from buying to buying, buying to renting? You know, all those different possible combinations. And how's that going to affect your nest egg? And how's it also going to affect your expenses uh, and your income in retirement? And one example I'll use is we've had people come into the office and meet with one of our planners and say, Hey, I'm going to retire in the next couple of years. I'm going to um, cash out my 401k and then take the proceeds and buy a house for cash. And then I don't have to worry about a mortgage. Well, not having a mortgage is a great thing to have in retirement. But a lot of times in that example, they may not have thought of the fact that cashing out your 401k is fully taxable. Mm. And if you do that in one year, that could be, you know, 30 or 35 percent just federal Yikes. taxes alone. Yeah. So it's a really scary thing. Now, it, now it may still work. It may still be something that's OK for them to do. But those are the kinds of things that we, we just want to have another set of eyes on those types of transactions. And so it's a great example of something that's different than a just everyday question, but something that all of our planners work on all the time with people helping them figure out where's the right place to live for you in retirement and what's the best way to finance that um, to kind of make sure your income is strong in retirement and also that you're minimizing your taxes in retirement. And if that's part of a comprehensive retirement review that could be beneficial to you, that's why we offer a five-step retirement review to listeners of our show at absolutely no cost and no obligation. To get started, you call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, that number is 803-9-RETIRE. You've been listening to Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Make sure you remember that number Pat has shared throughout the show today, 803-9-RETIRE. Be sure to tune in again next time for more insights from Pat, and we'll talk to you then. Preservation Specialists is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of tools. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income are never referring to securities or investment products. Preservation Specialist is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. Preservation Specialist is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Securities offered through Kalos Capital, Inc. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management, Inc., both at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia, 30005. Preservation Specialist is not an affiliate or a subsidiary of Kalos Capital, Inc. or Kalos Management, Inc.